Welcome back to the DNA Pest Control Podcast. Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm another great pest guest episode. Oh, absolutely. Let's hear it. Yeah, we do. Uh, today, we are interviewing Matthew Blankard. You can correct me when you get on if I'm wrong with that. Um, he is the CEO and co-founder of Cedar Pest Software. Um, he's been in the industry for two years right when he started the business. So, uh, Matthew, are you there? Can you hear me? I am, guys. Daniel, Aaron, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Yes. Absolutely. So tell us, I mean, so we asked you, you know, you, you were in the military before this. Um, what were you doing in the military? So I was an engineer officer and paratrooper. So um, I had the super tough assignment of being sent over to um, Italy for my uh, time while I was in. So right after college, went over and uh, served in the 173rd as an engineer officer. And um, really did a lot in terms of construction and demolition. It was a um, pretty pretty great time. I, I really loved the, those couple of years. Oh, awesome! Okay, and then I mean, and after you know getting back, what what made you decide to get into software itself or pest control or anything like that? That's a great question. So, when I was in the military, I realized how important um, just decent operations are run and uh, it's an extremely difficult thing to get uh, an entire team of people operating together really smoothly. And so I noticed a lot of difficulties when it came to how, um, you know, certain units were running their operations and how they were setting up their whole systems. And I just kind of developed this passion for seeing how digital tools and software could really um, help entire you know, large groups of people operate better. And um, there's this this tool called the Blue Force Tracker. It's a, um, essentially a map meets GPS um, tracker where you can see all the different units overlaid on the map and you can kind of communicate with one another um, when you're running certain missions and um, on, on this tool. And it was a notoriously um, hard-to-use tool. And we, we always saw the potential of what it could be and how much better we could all be working together if only um, the technology was a little bit further along. So as I was getting out of the Army, I, I realized, you know, I have this passion for process um, development, for um, technology, for software. So I figured, um, you know, I'm going to go do something about it and see if I can't kind of create that system I always wanted to exist for, uh, for myself. Awesome. So then what, I, I guess my main question would be, why pest control? That's a great question. And I get asked that all the time, uh, understandably. I think the biggest component was the culture. So um, I uh, was working with some investors and, and kind of crafting the idea of what we were going to build and, and what industry we wanted to call home. But pest control really appealed to me because um, it really just has a, an exceptional culture in it. The people of pest control are just um, absolutely unbeatable in terms of how um, kind of considerate, caring, hardworking they are. It's a customer service industry, so you get just these really great people in the industry. And there's, you can't, you know, you can't find that everywhere. So I wanted to go be part of that culture and, and find a new home after... Uh, military service, but there's also a really kind of 
similar parallel between what a ground force unit does in, let's say, you know, going out to um, construct a, you know, a temporary bridge or go out to do a reconnaissance. The, the nature of those operations are actually somewhat similar to what uh, pest control operators do. These kind of hub and spoke operations going out to be able to um, refit, do a mission, come back, collect some important metrics, and, um, and do everything in these kind of ground-based teams. So um, I saw a parallel there that I thought I could um, provide something meaningful to this industry. Oh, okay. Awesome. And then um, was there somebody kind of pushing you in that direction to kind of, hey, look a little bit further into pest control? Or how did you, you know, because I guess my, my question still would be, why pest control? How did you even hear about us? What did you know about us before you decide to say, hey, let's go in that direction? I had some really close friends when I was growing up who uh, owned a business. I'm from northern Michigan originally. And um, it was one of those things when I was growing up, um, I just got to kind of learn a little bit about what they did. Never really thought that I would be um, in the industry myself. But, you know, it's just kind of funny how life works out that way. You just pick up these little tidbits um, along the way and you kind of get a little bit familiar with things here and things there. But, um, you know, I, I had to do a, a really big soul searching when I was getting out and say, what are all the opportunities in front of me? Do I want to go into finance? Do I want to go, you know, into, you know, building software for maybe like oil and gas? But the, uh, the whole research process just really led me into pest control. And, um, and it was a, a pretty long timeline of just figuring out what else is out there and where I could be influential. But it was um, maybe a little bit of luck, maybe, you know, just a little bit of, leaning in on some of those past relationships I had, but, um, you know, here we are in best control. Nice. Okay. And so, uh, you know, kind of from two years ago to today, did you take time to essentially build the software out and then launch it? Or were you, you know, more on the, on the rough side is let's just make it, you know, let's make something basic and then build on to that as we go. Yeah, absolutely. I think, so one of the kind of core pillars, um, that, that guides our thinking is what do the actual people who are doing pest control operations every single day, what do they think the product should be? Mm-hmm. And so we had to take our initial stab and it took us about a year of building out the CRM, the scheduling, um, kind of base module and, and some of the reports. But we really left ourselves a lot of room to be able to say, let's welcome in some early customers, some people who are maybe a little bit more um, uh, cutting edge, eager to be part of the technology building process. And let's get them to uh, influence our product and, and tell us really what should be here. So it's a product that's really led and grown by pest control companies. And we're the um, technologists um, kind of helping make it happen. Nice. Okay. I'm sure you get this a lot because if you're selling this product to pest control companies who already have a software system, they're going to ask this main question, which is what makes you different? Oh, of course. I mean, you have to ask that question. It's, it's so important, but um, the, the biggest two buckets that I will put us in, and I might even extend it to a third, but the biggest two 
First is the ease of use. So when we did our early research and we talked to hundreds of pest control companies, we were said, what do you think of the current software and pest control? Mm-hmm. And time and time again, we kept hearing it's exceptionally difficult to use and to learn. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, kind of the high turnover ratio with new teams that a lot of companies experience, especially now, mm-hmm. you have to retrain teams. So this ease of use thing has really been at the top of our mind every single feature we build because you should be able to, like if you're signing into um, a Google product or using an iPhone, you should be able to look at it and immediately know what to do. So yeah. that that has been a really important guiding principle for us is ease of use. Okay. And the second, you know, like I started off the conversation talking about this blue force tracker, this map, very terrain-based, feature where you can you can plan your operations and you can plan your schedule um that was just, that's really the second bucket is how we do scheduling routing and optimization of your entire fleet um routes for the day mm-hmm. and so um being able to kind of view all of your uh, technicians all of their jobs your customers in one really comprehensive portal has been where a lot of our efforts gone it, it tends to be the thing that attracts people to Cedar, um, maybe more than anything else. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, and, and since then, I guess what, have you dealt with a lot of people who have been running on paper still and you've got them onto the software system? There, yeah, I would say about, it's a 50, 50 split between, okay. um, pest control companies that come over from other software solutions versus, um, Pen and paper, very rarely, I guess, is someone purely pen and paper. Usually someone is using at least QuickBooks or at least some, like, Excel solution. But we still kind of roll those into the pen and paper um, type of community. Um, and even even companies that are using, you know, a, a pest control-specific software, sometimes it's even easier for companies to do some things on paper and, and find some digital tools like filling out reports or hand drawing diagrams as opposed to paying for a diagram drawing tool. So um, I do believe that there's still this kind of interesting hybrid space where technology is going to solve a lot of pain points, but we need to marry into the reality of what the pest control companies and what the technolo- uh, the technicians are doing on the ground every day and be able to say, Maybe pen and paper is better for one or two tasks. How can our software kind of support you in that process? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's a big thing that we've kind of pushed for and I've always pushed for on the podcast itself is software, software, software. You know, we today, unfortunately, if you're not on it, you're going to get left behind and you better switch quick because... Today, you know, and I don't know pricing, I don't know anything, and we don't have to get into that specifically because that's something I think, you know, they should call the company and go through. But, um, you know, today software is so inexpensive, you know, your, your monthly plans to, you know, run multiple guys, run multiple teams is so inexpensive I mean, paper's got to be more expensive at some point. I mean, you're printing out thousands of pages, you know, on a monthly basis, at some point you got to look at that and say, I'm spending way more money than it would be even just to get it on, you know, electronically. You know, I, 
clearly as a, as a software guy myself, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I, I think the, the part that I really want to help in the process for any company that's moving over from um, pen and paper is to say, it's to really understand and have that thorough conversation of why, like what is holding you back from adopting software. Mm-hmm. And generally it's, I think I've heard a few thoughts, which is a lot of folks are scared of, is my data going to be safe? Am I going to be able to learn the system? And is it actually going to be able to help me? Is the pain of learning something new going to be worth the benefit of, um, of what I get on the other side? And um, I would really encourage companies that are still on a pen and paper basis to give it a shot and try it out with the company that you trust. Get to know each of the teams that you're talking to. Meet the owners, meet the founders, meet the product managers and see, is this team doing something that's really going to resonate with how that pest control company owner is running their business? Because um, it just a software product, just like any other product, is, um, is something where you need to have a lot of trust with the company and believe that your company is going to be safe in the hands of this, um, this product. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I guess that's never something I ever thought about is, is the information necessarily safe or, or anything like that? That's always been kind of the lowest on the totem pole of what I'm worried about. You know, my biggest worry would be, is it going to function in a proper way that we're not going to be running into hiccups, you know, uh, on a daily basis? That, that's more, that's the biggest worry on my side. But we, we started with software from the beginning. We never ran on paper. Um, so it always is something that, you know, I always thought, is it going to work in a smooth, smooth way? And that's the absolutely, thing, you know? Yeah. And, and that's where you're going to get the most benefits is this just dramatic improvement in your operations and your time spent on any one task. But if the product is glitchy, if it's the workflows associated with creating recurring work orders and then, you know, adjusting those work orders, if that whole process is really glitchy or not smooth and you're right it can um it could really hinder your daily operation but i think one of the one of the things that i have heard with the um is my data is, in, is my information safe with software is um maybe not like am i going to literally lose the data somewhere but is it going to end up harming my relationship with my customers mm, because yeah. when whenever you you know, choose to go down the route of automation. It's an extremely powerful tool. Mm-hmm. And if automation is not used responsibly, then you can end up double and triple charging your customers. Uh-huh. You can end up emailing them with the wrong notifications and, and things like that. So, you know, I understand from that perspective there. Oh yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome. You know, I was actually, before we got on the show, I was going through, on the desktop and my phone as well to the Cedar Pest software. And, you know, you're right, it is really user-friendly. And that's something, you know, on this our service side of, you know, the pest control industry, the pest control company that, you know, we're at. We, we want to make it easy, not only for the customers to sign up and get in, get information, but also make it easy for the guys to complete their day, make it easy for the office. But one thing that stuck out to me on the sales tab that drops down because we actually had a whole episode on this but just in the sales tab you have a 
like a little section that says bridge the gap between office and technicians in the field, which stuck <laughs> out to me. That's on the sales side, but that's so crucial. And I know you've only been, you know, you've been in it for two years, so you've been doing it, but there's still so much ahead. It's like, how much did that come up in these conversations when you're talking to, you know, pest control companies? Like, was that really a big thing that they were wanting to fix when you were, you know, presenting your product to them? That's actually a super interesting point. So the, even yesterday we were down at the Texas Pest Expo yesterday and we met this great uh, family owned company who brought up this point and they said, anytime something changes right now in their business, they have to go into a different product, send a text message to the end customer, to the office team. They don't really know who's working, who's not working, and or the whole context around the message that's being sent. So they inevitably have to then get on a, on a phone call, have the office team make a change or enter data that really should be able to be done in the field and should be communicated in the platform where you do have the whole context around who is this customer? What service are we doing? What's the, you know, what information has already been gathered if you're doing an inspection? So um, being able to create this whole digital ecosystem for pest control teams where the team in the office has their specialty, their tasks, their masters at their trade, but it's a very different set of tasks than what's going out in the field. But the more that we can marry those two together to be able to have these efficient pipelines back and forth um, is a really, really big thing for us. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think that's good. I think there's a lot. I think there is a lot of software companies out there and it's always hard to choose the right one, you know, especially as a pest control company. Um, and, and it is do, you know, do your research and find out, you know, because uh, there, there's so many features, you know, I would even throw out there that I would like to see, you know, in the software system. You know, we were actually just talking about it. Mm-hmm. So everyone listening, and this is even for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's um, hear it. Still, my idea, if you'd like. But I, if I see this, I'm I'm coming after you. No, <laughs> but you know, a big thing is in the software. You know, you allow you allow your office staff to have so much control over so many things. And scheduling is the biggest hurdle that we try to get over. The ease of scheduling, and when I mean ease of scheduling, yes, it's so easy to throw an appointment on a day. Every software system out there has made that easy, okay? But how do you take away the human errors? How can you make it so that they make the best decision and you make it in the easiest way, right? Um. And this is something, you know, maybe you have it, you know, with Cedar, maybe not. But I I would suggest if you don't is, you know, a big thing for me is allowing to put rules around scheduling, rules around how far away that person can be, where that person can land on that day, if they can even schedule on that day, you know, not allowing them to put it on a 30 mile away appointment, you know, on any day whenever they want. And it's having a little bit more there. Um, 
or at least put in a, a check system to where if it does go that way, they have to get approval from a manager, mm-hmm. you know, because um, that that's a big thing that we run into. Yeah, it, you know, it, I I truly like I love the topic of scheduling. I, I nerd out about it uh, as any time I, I get to is even in industries outside of pest control with other friends building software and um, and you know the the kind of conclusion I've come to is that I don't think that there's anything there's no such thing as a perfect schedule. There's no such thing as perfect routing. There's the ability to get close to your target or your ideal routes mm-hmm. and every single company and every single person behind that process is going to be doing it very, very differently. Yeah. And so, you know, we, as a software company, we, uh, we constantly think, how can we optimize? How do we, how do we automate? How do we, you know, help the computer do more of this, um, so that the, the human doesn't have to, but in scheduling, it's a little bit different because, you do have so much nuance between every single job, every single customer, like you're sending real humans out on these real routes to go service these customers. And there's a human element here that we just really don't want to uh, take away in the, in the software process. Oh, I would love to take them away. If I can take them away, (laughs) let me take them away. I would love that. (laughs) That's true, but you don't necessarily know what choices the computer algorithm, whatever algorithm, you know, like if Cedar went down that route or if another company went down that route, you don't know what set of rules they would optimize for and and make those decisions on your behalf. And so if you know a certain set of rules, like you're saying, I think that's great and something that our companies like us need to keep striving for and be able to set rules and then set targets where you can view your dashboard and say, did we hit our ideal you know, target of less than 50 miles a day, you know, drive distance um, or a specific um, windshield time mm-hmm. per, per uh, technician. So you can kind of score yourself against your own, um, your own targets based on your area. I think that is really, really great. Yeah. But um, I, I, I don't know that there will ever be a future in which um, the software is just making all the decisions for us because I think we would be pretty unhappy with that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, you know, as much as I don't want to, um, <laughs> cause I do want to automate it, but I do agree with you. I think that there is, um, when it does come to scheduling, a person overseeing that and grading themselves on a cons- consistent basis, you're going to get the best results. And there are so many factors, you know, we have so many different people. I can only do Sundays. I can only do Mondays between 8 and 12. I can only do Tuesdays between 12 and 4. I can only do this between that time. And so you're trying to create and generate a route around that. And then you have them every 30 days. Well, what if someone cancels and says, hey, I want it pushed out a week? Well, now the system is automatically going to change the algorithm to be 30 days from that pushed out date. So there is so many factors into it that I don't think a system hopefully in the future, but I don't think a system would be able to see, you know, or be able to change that and say, okay, you pushed it out a week, but we're going to pull you back to that 30 day mark because you need to be bundled with everybody else, you know? Um, So I I get it. I I see that, but I think it is, I, I think that is so tough, you know, in, in the pest control industry 
and I'm sure you've heard a ton of gripes about it is scheduling, 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 you know, and how it's made so simple. And actually, I guess that's, that would be my next question for you is how is Cedar changing the way, you know, scheduling is done, especially if you have a passion about it as much as I do. So on the Cedar side, we created a system that is half ergonomic, so the human side, where it's, it's something that you want to interact with. It's very easy to interact with. Mm-hmm. And then half automated. And the automation piece is really to look at that set of parameters that you set around a job. Is this a monthly? Is this a biweekly? You know, is this a, uh, something that you want to set as uh, part of a specific route? Uh, is there a preferred technician here? Is there a time of day? All these different kind of preferences around the job. Your system can help to automate some of that process. If you're, if you know that someone wants to be seen on the first of um, every month or to a specific technician, that's, that's totally fine. Cedar can take care of those cases because it's more known. Mm-hmm. The really the part that I think we are, um, we're standing out and getting the most attention is in terms of how users can actually make and interact with those decisions whenever something is not uh, pretty easy to sort out in an algorithm. And being able to kind of view your entire route in terms of its map with the, the time of each job and the technician uh, scheduled to attend each one of those jobs, you get this really, really beautiful understanding of where is my team going to be today? What are we actually accomplishing today in our route? And being able to then take jobs that are not yet scheduled that might have a lot more decision variables behind them mm-hmm. and um, drag those over to the schedule, see how it uh, updates on your map, see how your technician's route is actually going to change in terms of the number of miles driven, the amount of time that it's going to take them to drive that route. That entire framework around what you need to see in your schedule and how you can make those decisions is in one place. That's just an extremely beautiful thing to look at. And that right there is what's given us the most attention. And we keep investing a lot more resources into saying, how can we make it better? How can we add in a new tool, an intelligent tool? Eventually we want to get into large language model tools that are helping you to, um, understand some of these scheduling variables and, and assist in the process. So um, we're just really going to hammer down that route. Yeah. I think that would actually be cool um, because, you know, now that we're talking more and more about it, I have, um, I just got actually a wearable device, a new one. Um, and, you know, apart from the Apple watch, you know, and it really goes more in depth about, I'll get to my point, but it goes in depth about essentially your health, your heart rate, right? Um, everything about your body and it's, and it's customizing a lot of, a lot of the things are, you know, specific to my body, not, not to your body, not to the general public body, not to, you know, males between this age. It really goes off of me. And then it's, if it's referencing back, right? So it'll go take my 90 day mark and then it starts to take my 30 days and go back and reference my 90 day. What's my 90 day average. And it starts to calculate all these things. Have you ever thought, and it just hit me, but why don't we do that with technicians, drive time, appointment times, 
and start referencing back to those customers, keeping, uh, you know, and it's, they would have to clock it, of course, but keeping a good algorithm of this customer's appointment is typically between 10 minutes and 37 seconds. That's what it should take from when the time, you know, and it's going off of the base average and understanding that because that's a huge thing that scheduling, they don't understand. One tech will go faster than the next. Do we know how quickly that tech's going to go? Do we understand that? Do we get that? Because I get it all the time. I'm sitting down with office staff and it's, well, you said that they should have X amount of stops on their day. Well, yeah, that guy should. But this guy gets them done quicker. So that guy needs more. And that it, it's so hard to teach that. And it's so hard to see that in a system you can see the day, you can see the route, you can see all that, but you don't you don't get to see how well that that tech is doing. You don't get to see how long they're on those jobs. You don't get to get that information. I absolutely love that parallel between the health metrics. You know, it's part of my daily routine to just the second I wake up. I'm I'm very much on the um, Apple bandwagon and. Um, but there, the Apple Health, you know, you can wake up and immediately see, okay, what what was my, you know, sleep like relative to uh, the rest of the week and maybe the rest of the month? Am I trending in a positive direction or not? Yeah. Was my VO2 max sitting? It keeps me accountable to, you know, like a pretty specific cardio regimen. And um, an HRV is my like mm-hmm. net stress level on part in my, in my you know, staying um, within the bounds that I, I set for myself. So, there's just so much that this very personalized device can do for us. But like you're spot on, I think it's, it's down to the individual level and, and it can give you the full story about that person. Cause you would never say, okay, this is the time that any person should run two miles in like, that's <laughs> just absurd, right? Like yeah. you're going to run two miles very differently than I would very differently mm-hmm. than, you know, someone much later in age. So it's, it's just, you, you have to be able to see the whole story. And one of our early advisors who's, um, you know, uh, I guess like a pest control celebrity, he was really talking to me a lot about um, technician dashboards that are very, very tailored to who they are and, and how they perform. But being able to make that um, available, first and foremost, to the technician themselves, so they're always striving to get better and, and improve their, um, kind of, um, uh, interactions with the customer, their, the review scores that they generate, their timeliness, everything like that. But also you're for the scheduling team, like you said. So, um, I think that's a, a great idea, a great parallel and, um, definitely a, a future for us to try to embrace. Yeah. Well, I suggest it cause I think you'd win everybody. <laughs> Because I mean, I but in in all reality, you know, it, if someone came to me and they said, "Look, we have a software." Okay, great. You know, you have your base software system. You're doing the generalized things. You're billing customers automatically. They can put credit card information. Okay, that's great. That's what every software company now has to have. That's just a norm. You know, um, just like a cell phone. It's just a norm. Everyone has one. You're kind of weird if you don't. Um, it's unheard of if you don't, especially how cheap you can get one. You know, it's just you have to have some of these base things. I think the next level of where software really is going to get and they need to is they do need to embrace the individual. 
you need to be able to see, okay, the technician, because they already have tasks set on them, it's actually really easy to keep track of what they're doing, how they're doing it, and everything behind it. It's finding out how quickly is this guy getting jobs done, and if reviews are going down, then we obviously know he's going too fast and he's starting to skip things. You know, we start to see jobs, you know, he's not doing good quality work because he has too many appointments. You know, I mean, there's so many things that we could really dial in with the technicians and a technician dashboard where it's, hey, this is how much technician A and B did on their residential route or A, B, C, and D and start to compare them and put them on the leaderboard. This is how many callbacks that they had to go back to, you know, free services, right? You had to go back and retreat for a specific pest, you know, that it would be, I mean, I say it's easy, right? I'm not the, I'm not the guy behind it creating these things, but, um, you know, I think that would be the next level Mm -hmm. that would literally change who we are in this industry. And it'd be phenomenal to see. And there's, you know, two thoughts that that generates. And the first is that, Pest control is really, first and foremost, it's a service industry. It's about the human relationship that you're having with these people. Like, one of the things that attracted me to pest control so much is that, like, I've had this very visceral response whenever we found, you know, maggots in our living room because flies, you know, took over whenever we were um, out of town for a weekend or, um, you know, when we first had our, our first child, there was like a yellow jacket infestation in one of our walls. And we were like, our new baby can't get stung. So there's definitely this very human element to um, pest control and to the service work that um, this industry does. Mm-hmm. But the technology needs to lean into that also and say, okay, pest control is a very human oriented very human focused industry, the software needs to be doing the same thing. We need to be looking down at the individual and collecting that type of data and then helping to provide these insights back. And one of the things that is a very, it's a, it's an attractive idea on the software side to say, actually, you know what, we're not going to serve just pest control. We're going to serve all field services. So our customer, you know, the number of customers we can welcome in can just then be huge. But one of the, kind of opinions that we have is that we're trying to say no to that. We want to stay very, very focused on pest control specifically mm-hmm. so that we can go deeper and deeper and deeper, deeper than anybody has ever gone from a technology standpoint to be able to really then help even get down into how can I take a picture of these insects, understand exactly what this insect is, map it out in terms of the other trends going on with that species in the area and also offer treatment recommendations based on the company's you know, APL. So there's so many different things that we can do, but staying disciplined and staying focused just right here at home and pest control is um, one of those things that we're, um, we're, we're dedicated to. No, and that's awesome because I think that is something where, you know, when you do stay focused and you do stay within that line, you are going to create something so beautiful you know, that it is going to be so resourceful, you know, just like the, you know, the wearable devices that they are, they have today is it's, you know, they're, they're sticking to that, you know, it's, they're sticking to every little thing that they can start to see a trend with. And now today we can see stuff that we've never been able to see before, you know, 
and we don't have to go in and to a doctor's office and have a thousand wires on our brain and, and see how we're sleeping. It's, you know, we can really tell a lot just from a wearable device, you know, so it, it's cool to hear that. And it is good, you know, cause in the future, what it's going to become is it is, it's all going to be technology based. The service will never go away from a human being. I don't think there's ever going to be a technology that comes out, you know, where you can go and take care of a rodent situation with a robot. It's just not going to happen, you know, but at least I don't think it'll happen. I could be wrong, <laughs> you know, but, but it is that it's, it's, we're going to, we're, we have to use the technology to better who we are and better our service and better the company. Um, and that is going to be with new features that are coming out and companies that are staying focused in that, in that lane, instead of just saying as a wide range, we just want everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, it may be really good for a lawn maintenance company, but really crappy for me. I'm pest control may not work. So that, that's cool to hear. Well, thank you. And, um, I mean, you guys are, are definitely a technology enthusiasts, so we're going to have to uh, keep uh, listening in to, to what you're saying and, and figure out, okay, how can we uh, learn from, from you guys about what, um, what the future product becomes. So don't be surprised if we start uh, reaching out for some more recommendations on, on what to build, all right? Uh, please do. I have too yeah, many. Man. I have too many ideas. <laughs> I, I, I tell everybody here, I, I keep telling them, I'm like, once we get big enough, I'm just going to create my own system, uh, you know, but because there, there's so many things that, that work, that we need, that we want, that would make life so much easier. And you would pull out a, a massive amount of human error um, if it was automated. And some of them are really simple things. It's just, we don't have it and we don't have it yet. So, yeah. And, and the more that you, you seek to create a very, very interconnected um, whole company, um, brand and experience all the way from the, the very first second that a uh, sales rep reaches out to a customer all the way until the point of invoicing and reporting on the services that were completed for a customer, uh, being able to tie every single facet of that whole workflow and that whole life cycle into one experience. I mean, it's, it's definitely complicated. Your businesses are very complicated. And, um, it's, um, it is an area where software can help a lot, but it, it's a, um, it's a massive endeavor to, to get that far. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, um, is there anything you want to ask us before we come to a close? Yeah, I just wanted to kind of get your, um, your take on, you know, with the changing, um, demographics in the industry, like, you know, how do you think that what trends do you see in terms of who pest control operators are increasingly, you know, as a new generation might start to enter, um, you know, are you seeing any changes in terms of the personality, the culture that the people coming into the space? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely see it, uh, you know, and I've, I've talked about it a ton on the podcast alone, but you know, we're such an old, old industry. I mean, we've been around for a hundred years, um, but we're so young as well, you know, and not young as age, but we're so young as to coming into certain things. So, but we're seeing a lot more, you know, young business owners, young, you know, it's a younger generation. The problem is, is the old timers are the ones who own it. 
You know, it's not the software industry. The software industry is actually cool because you can be in your mid twenties and you could have a massive hundred million dollar company. You know, you don't get that in the service industry because there's so much labor that's, you know, it's labor intensive. Um, where software it's, you come out with something new, it can take off tomorrow. Um, and it can be massive. And there's a lot of people that'll put money behind it, but a service company, there's not a lot of pump, you know, people pumping money into it. Uh, it's just not the hype in the world, but we're not going anywhere either. So I would say we are starting to see a lot more young blood coming into the pest control industry. It's just not dominant yet, but we are seeing that change in the older generation is, is kind of going away and getting out. Um, but with everything I've gone to everywhere I've been, um, we're starting to get into younger generations getting into it. That's awesome. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a, a whole set of uh, pest influencers and other people who are trying to make uh, pest control kind of attractive and sexy and fun. And um, I, I think that's going to be a thrill. I'm excited to see what's uh, what's developing. And hopefully we're the ones that are doing it. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So awesome, Matthew. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we'll definitely have to keep in touch and kind of, uh, hey, and you can ask me any questions. You want to shoot me a text and say, hey, what do you think? I will give you my feedback. I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. So, um, you know, message me, call me, let me know what you think, and I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you the real answer. That's outstanding. Thank you guys so much. I'm putting it on speed dial right now. So you're going to regret that. Thank oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I can regret it. I can always block you too. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, man. Thank you so much. And you have a All good right. weekend. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Another really good pest guest. Yeah. Another, yeah, it was actually, that was good. I mean, hearing, you know, the passion behind, you know, software and really getting into the next thing. I think that it's going to, it will be interesting because yeah. a lot of the big software companies are looking to expand into every service industry mm-hmm. and not spe- stay specific to what they do yeah. um, and what they know, which, you know, I, I think the one that does is going to be the one that takes off and is going to be the leader. The one that in, wins. Yeah. Well, y- you just, you can't come. It's, I'll give a great one. I'll, I'll give this guy a plug. We'll get him on the episode. Um, the Netrodyne salesman. Okay. The Netrodyne guy. Um, I'll give a mediocre salesman. Okay. I'm not giving him excellent. I think there's a lot to improve. So if he listens to this episode, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get a product anyway. So yeah, well, now you know. <laughs> we already know. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is what they focused on and what their features are and what they've done and what they've changed mm-hmm. to the camera industry in vehicles is actually really cool. I didn't let him know that at the time, you know, I was a hard sell, but you know, I was looking at multiple different ones. I even had the in with lytics, you know, uh, cause my brother-in-law has it. Yeah. So I got to see the camera system. I got to see how it works. I know everything about lytics. Yeah. For yourself, not for myself. Yeah. You know, um, and Netrodyne destroys them mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, maybe not in everything because there's some stuff that Netrodyne does not do. And they're going to get into it. I guess they're rolling it out in July. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into that because that's not part of this episode. This is about Matthew and this is about Cedar Software. Um, 
but the point of that is they've stuck to the camera system, they've stuck to coaching, and they've stuck to that specific thing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they're the leader in that area. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and these companies, I was going to Sam, but I won't Sam because we've had him on the episode on on the podcast. But anyway, there there was one that was a spec. You know, they were specific to pest control, mm-hmm. and they owned it. They're still very very large. Very large. Mm-hmm. Um, but they owned the pest control world. Yeah. They literally did. We had them at one point, mm-hmm. you know, because they owned it. I mean, that was who you went with. Yeah. You know, they were phenomenal in that. And then they kind of opened up to everybody. And, and I think their, their system still may be very, very good. But, like, one of my buddies who had a fire extinguisher company, service company, was looking into using them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually plastered our name on their website. It was funny. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and he called me, he's like, you guys use them? And I'm like, uh, no, I I haven't used them for a couple of years, but you know, um, but they kept us up there, you know, saying that we did. Um, but it was, it was just interesting to see, you know, that they, once they started kind of branching out, you know, I think, I mean, they still have probably a lot of pest control companies, but I think they've actually started seeing it shrink. Sure. You know, they've gained a ton of business in everywhere else, but I don't think that they actually own this market anymore. No. I think they've lost a lot because you're now taking on the needs of lawn maintenance, fire extinguishers, mm-hmm. you know, this and that and everything. And it's like, you know, you you're going to try to create one system that's tailored to everybody. You're trying to eat everybody's pie. You can't eat everything. Yeah. You know, you just want, you just want that section or, or own that market. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if they did. I don't know if they do. I think they've kind of shrunk in this industry and they've probably taken over a ton of other ones, yeah. but they've definitely shrunk here. That makes sense. So overall they're probably doing well, but just on the pest control section of it, it's definitely changed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's you, you can look at like a really, really high-end restaurant in a small town, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just killing it, you know. It's always packed, 100% full, you know. But once you start to spread out throughout the U.S., suddenly everything starts to come down. Yeah. You're making more money. Mm-hmm. You're just not known as that that best piece, you know. You're yeah. not the best there. You know, you start getting chain restaurants that, are fancy and they're really not, mm-hmm. you know, you go down to a specific, like really nice restaurant here in Sacramento, you can find it. Yeah. There's not a hundred of them. There's one. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think that's cool though. I think Cedar, I think where he's going in the direction, I think it's really good. Yeah, I do too. I think there's going to be some really, really cool stuff. And anybody who's out there, technician, managers, operators, entrepreneurs, getting into the pest control industry, don't do an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Throw that crap away. Yeah. Use it. I don't care if you studied and you know everything about Excel. Don't do that to run your company. Yeah. There's a software system out there that is a thousand times easier to use, and it's automated. Yeah. You can find it. And this is one of many, but this is one that you just heard, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the features, it does look like they actually are listening. Yeah. Which no, is they cool. are. They are. Yeah. But no, that's, that's good. Really good points and really great pest guests. Um, coming up towards the end of the month, 
which means we're going to have our Q&A episode coming up. So anything you guys want to ask us about the podcast, the business, the industry, please send in questions, um, you know, or if you want to be a guest on the show like Matthew, um, you know, we'd love to have you on. Just message in to the website or hit us up on our Instagram. Um, but thank you again for listening to the Q&A. Thanks for